Hey friends, I know how busy this time of the year is. And as much as I love home-cooked meals, sometimes there is just not enough time. But I have good news for you. Factor offers delicious, ready-to-eat meals, which can make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are two-minute meals, so you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They have snacks and smoothies and more. There's a wide variety of options and 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that will help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So head over to factormeals.com forward slash swanson50 and use code swanson50 to get, you guessed it, 50% off. That's code Swanson50 over at factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50, and you're going to get 50% off. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Yay for that. I'll be linking over in show notes as well, but go check it out and tell me how you enjoy your Factor meals. Christian Parenting. Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. just the perception of, well, I'm already so overwhelmed. I can't do this. I call it being an action taking problem solving woman. How can you shift into that mentality? And instead of woe is me think like, okay, I'm in charge. I have accepted every single thing on my plate. How can I unaccept a few so that I can make time for what actually is going to move the needle forward for me and living the life I really want to live. Aloha, friends. Welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. So glad you're here with me today. And you are just listening to a short clip from Ali Kasaza, who is on a mission to eradicate the hot mess mom stereotype by empowering other women. She has built a massive audience and a multi-million dollar online business based on her proven family-oriented approach to minimalism. Now, I love this conversation so much. Ali is just hilarious and so relatable and real. Um, but I don't know about the rest of you, but this fall, I have just been in the mood to declutter. And I've always said, I don't know if I'm cut out to be a minimalist, but we talk about that word too. We talk about family culture, about our kids. Oh, there's so much good stuff in this interview. But pretty much since the pandemic hit, I feel like I've just been inching closer to getting rid of the stuff. And I do believe there is such a connection between having less stuff, more peace of mind, a simpler lifestyle. I do believe it impacts our kids, our marriages, our peace of mind. So this is 
really, really good stuff. And even if you're not needing to declutter, and who isn't, right? But if you're not, I still think the principles we talk about are going to be really helpful and encouraging for your family life. So I can't wait to share this interview with you. Now, we are drawing from Allie's brand new book called Declutter Like a Mother, which it's hard to even say that title without smiling because it's such a great title. It's a guilt-free, no-stress way to transform your home and life. So um, that's what we're going to be talking about. But I think you're just going to love it. And if you don't already follow Allie, she's just super fun and encouraging person to follow online. Now, I just want to thank you guys again for being a part of this podcast community. Thank you for telling your friends about the Boy Mom Podcast. And uh, if you have not yet subscribed, that's the best way to never miss an episode. And even more, if you haven't subscribed to my email list, I hope you'll do that. I send out a weekly email with anything new that I've shared, as well as usually something fun, encouraging to make you laugh. Um, And you can do that. You can sign up to be on my email list at monicaswanson.com forward slash subscribe. Okay, so I'll have a few final words to say at the end, but without further ado... We're going to talk to Ali Casaza about what it means to declutter like a mother. I hope you enjoy. Well, hey, Ali, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. Hi, thank you so much for inviting me on. I'm, I love being a boy mom and I can't wait to talk to everyone listening. I know you have three boys. In fact, why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself and your family, where you live, what's going on in your world right now um, before we (laughs) dive in? (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah, I'm Allie. I have been married to my husband, Brian, for um, 14 years. And we have four kids. My oldest is a girl. And then I have three boys. All of my kids were born in five years. So super back to back. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I just moved from San Diego to South Carolina. So cross country during my book launch, which is just like brilliant planning on my part. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. We're like renovating and settling into a new state. Um, I will say I like love the change of pace here. It's Mm. not like annoyingly slow. Like we, we we visited like parts of Florida often Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's like, Oh my gosh, go like, it's like so (laughs) slow. Well, coming from Southern California, anything probably feels a little slow for sure. But here it's more just like gentle and, um, grounded. Mm. And I really, Mm. I'm really liking it so far. I like those words. That's good. Yeah. And and is San Diego, was that home? Like, did you grow up in Southern California? Yes, I did. I grew up in Temecula Valley, which is right mm-hmm. in the middle of LA and San Diego. And then yep. about a year and a half ago, my husband and I relocated to San Diego. We always wanted to like, just try living there. We always kind of knew we were going to leave the state soon. So we're like, let's live in San Diego first and then see how we feel. And this house just fell in our lap. We, we weren't even planning on living in it. We thought maybe we'd flip it and mm-hmm. just one thing led to another. And, and here we are. Wow. And do you have family close to where you live now? No, we have like chosen family, really, really good friends. Um, the CE, the COO of my company lives like three minutes from me and she and her husband are like our soul, soul friends. We love them. So we're, I, it's funny because in a couple months, I'm going to have a birthday party for my son. And I think that it's going to be fuller here oh than any of our parties <laughs> ever were in San Diego. We just have so many friends here. 
Wow. Okay. That's, that's super fun. Well, I'm excited and I'm sure fall is going to be incredible. Well, wait, yeah. I, I don't know my geography. Is fall, fall. really fall there? Yeah. Yes. I, apparently people come from like all around to be here for that time of year. So I've, I've been here once, but it was only for like a week. So I'm really excited to like, you know, actually wear jackets. <laughs> mm, oh, I dream of all those things. And I know San Diego, you get a little shift of season, but not, not really. Right. Kind of like Hawaii. Yeah. It's like super subtle. Yeah. It's, it's just like always, I feel weird complaining about this, but it's just always 75 and nothing changes. <laughs> Totally. And so it, I'm just, you know, when you grow up in that, everyone moves there because of that, but we, yeah. we want some seasons. Totally. Totally. I get that. I feel. Yeah. Well, I am super excited about your brand new book. The name itself is so much fun. Declutter like a mother. <laughs> and I have to admit, I get books, um, you know, when I can before I interview someone and I try to pour over them, but I confess, and you're probably going to like call me out and say, this is just another excuse. But as I started reading it, I was like, no, 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 no. I want to set it aside until I can really go through this <laughs> because, <laughs> oh boy, I am in your target audience. I need this book like crazy. But before we even get to talk about that, can you just give us the backstory? What led to this book and what you do? Give us, give us your backstory. Yeah. So um, on the internet and in the world, I help women alleviate pressure and heaviness in their homes and their calendars and their lives. Um, over the last six years, I have developed a method that really, really just does that for women. It, they can walk through it. I have programs that I've developed, all kinds of different resources that just walk them through that process. And the way that I even came to do that was through my own personal struggles. I would say this was about nine years ago. So I didn't have Emmett yet. So I only had three and they were all like, cause they were all born so close. I had babies and toddlers all at once. Mm. And I was so, so, so deeply depressed and mm. so deeply stuck. Um, mm. I just was, I'm just going to be really honest because that's what I do. I wish that I wasn't a mom. I woke up every morning and I had this feeling of dread in the pit of my stomach. Like, holy crap. I, I, it's literally the sun already came up and I have mm -hmm. to do it all again. Mm -hmm. And then because of the cultural conditioning around being a mom, I felt so guilty for having those feelings. And I was worried. I was very young. I became a mom when I was 21. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, you look like you're about 21 right now. So I'm like, how did she oh, do this? Thanks. <laughs> I'm 34 now. So that's very okay. okay. Um, but yeah, I became a mom when I was really young and I just didn't know who I was. I I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't even know if I wanted to be a mom. We were told we couldn't have kids. And mm. turns out I had this weird, like hyper fertility situation instead wow. of infertility. Wow. And, and then even that there's a whole other thing there with like feeling guilty about complaining about being able to get pregnant. So easy. Like it was just guilt and shame and confusion. And I was all wrapped up in it. So Ew, a lot of yuck. It, a lot of yuck. And I just mm. was sitting in that day to day. So of course I was depressed. Like, mm -hmm. of course. Yeah. Um, and then I also started to, I started to want to come out of it and like, okay, I like, should I get on meds? Like I, I, I was just open to answers. And I really felt like in the pit of my gut, I knew that this 
the struggle that I was in was circumstantial and there was something to be, there was something that I could do, but I just didn't know what it was. So I do believe in a higher power. I got really frustrated with God. Like, I just was like, what is your problem? Why won't you just tell me what to do? What am I doing wrong? Why am I so bad at this? Show me the way. And I, I, so then I stayed there for a really long time, really, um, angry and confused and seeking the answers. And long story short, I ended up landing on this one day that was an especially difficult, frustrating day. I was snapping at my kids all the time, like toddlers and babies. Like this is not the mom I wanted to be. I basically felt like I'm resentful of everything. And I'm, I'm projecting all of this anger onto my kids because they remind me of what I'm not doing right and what I'm not able to focus on, which is them. Sure. But what am I focusing on then? And I saw it like it's all the mundane things that are supposed to be side notes, the laundry, the dishes, the cooking and meal prep and groceries and all the stupid things that we we have to do, Mm -hmm. but it's not the purpose of life. It's not supposed to be the main show. It's the side notes that support us in and being in the main thing. And so I was basically shooing my kids away so that I had time and space to catch up on all of this mundane stuff. And then they'd come in like crying or wanting something from me or wanting more time with me or wanting a snack or whatever. And I would just snap at them because they were reminding me of what a bad job I was doing. That was my perception of it at the time. Um, and so I thought like, okay, this, you have to think this was nine years ago. There was no minimalism. There were no books or documentaries on any of this. It wasn't a trend. I didn't know what I was doing. I just thought in my mind, like I kind of went down this imagination path of what if there was no laundry? What if there was no dishes, no meals to be prepared, nothing to do? What kind of a mom would I be? And I went down this path in my mind that felt really good. And I thought, well, that's a friggin' dream. Like that's not, that's not how things work. But then I had just this thought dropped in my head of just like, well, what if we got at least closer to that? Like, what if there was just less because all this stuff and I'm looking around at my house at a time, like all of this stuff is not even necessary. I don't even know we had that thing on the floor over there. Like, what is that even doing? Where did that even come from? <laughs> like, the, it's not even like, okay, like we just have, you know, we have, the clothes we wear is just what we need, but it's just a lot to keep up on. It was like way too much stuff that didn't fit me anymore because my body changed. Things that people had given my kids that I'm never going to put them in because it's hideous. Why do totally. I still have it? Like oh just goodness. things that I just saw it for what it was. I felt like I was given an aerial view over my life and it was, it was unnecessary the way oh that I was goodness. spending my time. Yeah. So yeah, that's why like I started with my physical environment. I I decluttered, I got rid of what didn't align with the kind of childhood I wanted my kids to have. Then those toys need to go away. What doesn't align with my body and where it's at right now and support it where it is fully right now, it needs to go away. What doesn't align with the kind of food we want to eat? It needs to go away. Who am I in the kitchen? I don't really love cooking. I get in there, I get the job done, I get out. I don't need all these extra weird appliances and cooking tools people gave me for my wedding. I just need the basics. Like my house was not working with me. It was working against me. It wasn't reflecting who I was. And that's just normal. We just have all this stuff piling up for years and that's normal. So yeah, I took control of my environment 
And oh my gosh, my entire life changed. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that it's not enough to express like, yeah, it completely shifted. My kids' relationships with each other got better. They weren't fighting and bickering. They were growing up in this minimalist way. I felt like I was giving them this authentic, like 1970s kind of childhood where they were playing games and playing outside and playing with the neighbors. Like my relationship with myself got better. And so my relationship with my husband got better. Like I wasn't so stretched thin all the time anymore. And so when that happens to you, like you share that online and it works for other women, like you, you get the attention of the world because people need that, you know? Totally. Totally. Everyone wants that. Well, about how long was this period of time? Like from when you decided to do something to when you started to experience, like how long was that? Okay. I love this question. No one ever asked it. So thank you for asking. It. <laughs> I'm trying to picture. I'm, I'm planning yeah. my fall around your story here. <laughs> yes. Okay. So good news. The first night, like the day that I had that, that when I imagined my life without any stuff to do. And then I was like, well, how close can I get to this? That night I put the kids to bed and I stayed up. And I grabbed like a box of trash bags and I went to town on the toy room and like the laundry, a couple of main areas and just like stayed up most of the night. The next day, there was literally a night and day difference in my kids. And now because I from so from then I started building this into something and I started studying this and researching and doing like data and all, I went crazy on all of this. And now I know kids actually thrive with less options. My kids were incredibly overstimulated by their toy room. It was absolutely working against me. It was totally pointless to have all that stuff in there. And so I saw that difference immediately. And then because I'm an eight on the Enneagram and I just am like a snowplow, like I just went all in. Like I, I kept going. I made the change really quickly. I was a stay-at-home mom at the time, so I didn't have work to, you know, I didn't have uh, other things to balance, and I just went all in, and I completely changed my life very, very quickly. I would say, I would say it took me like, you know, I would say it took me about five months to do my entire house, and I felt like it would have gone way faster if I had known what I know now about like the method and the order of things. Sure. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm so inspired. I love that. And, um, and I love your kids reaction that, and you share about that. I know in the beginning of your book, but I love to think that so many of us think if your kid's stuff is missing, if you put it away, if you get rid of it, they're going to freak out, but really your kids experience like they, they more peace, right? They were playing Mm -hmm. more, um, just sounds like it was a relief to them too, that that burden was on not just you, but the whole family. Okay. But I have to talk about this word minimalism. And I love that you, I love the way you approach it in the book. I was seriously laughing out loud because <laughs> I, you, you kind of like settle on it because you have to, but you had a few other uh, optional words. What was the one that I loved? Was it si- simplicity? I like made up my own word. Yeah, it totally works because I've been the same. I'm like, I don't think I could ever be a minimalist, but what is it I want? So talk to us about minimalism and also how um, sometimes minimalism or shooting for that, aspiring for that can steal your joy. Will you talk to us about that? Yeah, I... I think that when something becomes a trend, it's great because the message is getting out there if it's good. Like minimalism is good, but it also takes on all these stereotypical 
ideas and kind of gets like messed up and it takes on like a a form that's not exactly true to the origin. Um, And I feel like that's what's happened with minimalism. And so as it became like, I was blogging about this and teaching this and doing this so long ago, but over the last like five years, it maybe even longer, it, it's just become so trendy that that's, that's Mm -hmm. happened to it. And so for me, actually, I don't even identify as a minimalist because to me, like minimalism has become having as little as humanly possible. (laughs) Yeah. And that sounds like it friggin' sucks. (laughs) Totally. We, we have some friends who are minimalist. They live in a very small house. So God bless them. And I love visiting because it's just so immaculate all the time. But my son came home one day and he's like, they each have one cup and they have to wash it out before using it again. And that's it in the whole house. And I was just cracking up like, oh my goodness, I can't imagine. (laughs) Yeah. And see, like, this is like why I don't like, cause that is, that is what it technically, that is what it is. And I actually used to live like that. And I was also in survival mode. I had a lot of little kids. It really helped me, but I've evolved out of that. And Mm. the idea that like, oh, I'm Ali Casaza, so I'm a minimalist. So I have to stay a minimal. Like, I don't want to be limited by something stupid like that. That's, that's how it can steal your joy by making it legalistic and a bunch of rules you're supposed to follow or you're doing it wrong. Like that, it's just not my style. So like for me, I'm still pretty minimal in the kitchen. Like I do have like way less dishes because I don't want to deal with dishes. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But with my closet, I love fashion. I love getting dressed. I love expressing myself. Like I love expressing myself through my body and my clothes. It's my favorite thing. And I'm happy to give up some of my time to have more options in my closet. But I made that choice consciously. Like I'm not just like, oh, I just like to shop and I'm not being intentional. You know what I mean? Totally, totally. No, I love that. I relate. That's good. Yeah. So I think, and I think like minimalism, people come to something like simplicity or minimalism because they're desperate and they've realized the connection to between their stuff and their stress levels, which is very real and studies back that up. But then then they get too far into it or they learn from someone that like a lot of the really trendy teachers teach like, okay, this is how many books you're allowed to have. This is how many dresses you're allowed to keep. This Mm -hmm. is a capsule wardrobe and everything has to match with each other. Like I am not willing to put that kind of effort into planning and like counting. (laughs) Like I I think that's so legalistic and that is now your stuff used to own you. And now it does again because you're counting and obsessing. Yes. So that's my problem with minimalism and why I'm kind of like cringing at the word, even though I'm literally one of the leaders (laughs) in that niche. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, you talk about the hot mess mom culture. And I have to say that as someone who writes on parenting and family, I couldn't agree with you more just that, you know, I, I get a kick out of watching the videos, the hot mess mom with the hair and like you say, some kind of weird bun, um, which, you know, mine is found that way often as well. But the point of it being (laughs) those who just kind of like make light of it, you know, they, they act like this is just who they are. This is how life has to be. And, you know, usually that spills over into some pretty, you know, um, parenting methods that aren't in alignment with at least what I'm shooting for. Mm -hmm. And so what is wrong with the hot mess mom culture? Well, I think it's like, it's deciding that this is it. 
it's kind of a suck fest and like, oh, just like coffee will get me through it. Wine will get me through it. Basically just counting down the minutes till the next time the kids are asleep. Is that helping you? No. Really? Mm, like, mm-mm. is it like I, I tell my kids, I try to get my kids to like figure things out for themselves a lot. And one of the ways I do that is I'll say like, well, is doing that helpful or hurtful for you? Like, let's go internal, like, let's feel into it. And like with this, let's do it with this. Is that, is, is taking on that identity and, and why are you flaunting it so much everywhere? Like making sure everyone knows this is you. Mm. Why, what are you hiding from? Sure. What are you covering? What are you, I was talking with my friend, I don't know if you know who Greg McEwen is. He's Mm -hmm. the author of Essentialism. We were chatting the other day and he was like, yes, he was like, Um, you know, it's almost like you have to ask, what are these people hiring clutter to do for them? Like what, what job is it doing? What are you hiding from? And this is the same with hot mess mom culture. It's such an identity and it's so funny and silly and accepted. It's funny because there's truth to it for all of us for sure. But there's survival mode seasons. There's days where you're like, these kids don't just get away from me. Like in two seconds, I'm going to I'm going to be on Dateline tomorrow. Like, I need you to get away from me. (laughs) Like, it's, it's, we all have, I have those days like every day right now because I'm in survival mode with this move. But the problem is when we set up camp there and we decide, I'm going to raise my kids here. This is my identity. It's never going to get any better. And it's just crappy and awful. And I'm, and the hot mess mom culture is about outputting as a mom, you're constantly giving output all the time and never inputting anything to yourself. Hmm. And that's, and that's glorified. Mm -hmm. Right. And then in the movies and TV shows, the mom that doesn't do that is always vilified. She's the villain. You're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's my problem with it is like women are basically giving up their power and setting aside their purpose to just be this like disaster of a human and they're subscribing to it day after day after day. Yeah. It's You're sad. So right. It is sad. It is sad. Cause you have to believe that underneath those layers, there's a, a truth that is and, probably and really why hard. Is this, yeah, exactly. And like, why is this so many people say like, well, that cult, that, that motherhood, like that's real motherhood. And that makes me feel seen. Okay. So yes, feel seen. I can make you feel seen. Like we all have those. Let me, let me tell you about my yesterday. Like I had to apologize to each of my kids multiple times. Like it was a disaster, but I am not a disaster. I am a human. I am doing my best and I'm not staying there and accepting it as I'm not in like a submissive dog position. Just like, okay, like I'm out of control of everything. Like this is just how it is. I'm you're giving up ownership and that is not what we're called to do. It's just not. Preach it in all areas. I I couldn't agree more across the board. I love it. So I love that. And now I'm on that list of the women raising their hands saying, okay, then I want to do something about it. And I'm not going to lie. I would give you the excuse that when in the heck would I even start this now? Now, to be fair, and this is just my insecurity speaking, I don't think anyone would walk in my house and say I have I'm cluttered or messy. Like, I think I, I'm pretty average, but I know my places. And you mentioned this in the book. We have our places. My bedroom is my office and it's very visible the way my house is 
laid out. It's like you walk in the living room. If my bedroom door is open, everyone can see my master bed. It's just weird. We're going to change that someday. But in the meantime, I'm like, okay, my bedroom and my walk-in closet is kind of my zone. But then I think, okay, if I had a day to myself, I can't tell you how many things are piled up that I need to do. I'm writing a book. I've got a podcast. I've got bills. I've got household stuff. So for the mom that's saying, I'm too busy, I have little kids or a baby or whatever it might be, uh, can you give us some encouragement why that maybe shouldn't be an excuse? (laughs) Yeah, I think we need, like, meet yourself where you're at. Like, you do not need to add something else to do. You need to take things off. So in those seasons where you're just like, or maybe your whole life has been like that, like it's just a lot all the time. Like, Feels okay, like- it's it's okay. So so then you need this more than anyone. So what can you temporarily unsubscribe from doing? Can mm. you not go to take the kids to youth group on Wednesday nights for a few weeks or not mm-hmm. not volunteer there? Mm-hmm. Drop the kids off, mm-hmm. get a break, but don't volunteer. Sure. Um, can you stop going to whatever it is you do on Thursday mornings that you normally help with? Can you stop being a part of the PTA for two months? What can you remove and then use that time to do something that is going to give you such a return on investment? Decluttering literally gives you more time, the unreplenishable resource. Because what does if your space is if your time? So if you can make space for that, it's kind of a catch-22. You're overwhelmed, so you need this. But adding in the decluttering is overwhelming. So what can you let go of? What can you, how can you flex that muscle and get good at saying no and remove something so that you can work on this because it's going to help you be the mom you want to be, the human you want to be. It's going to give you time for what actually matters to you. So this is really important. What Mm -hmm. can you get rid of? How much time are you spending on social media? Mm -hmm. Like, can you do crockpot meals or do takeout for a few nights to make some space? Can you delegate to your partner or your kids? Like, there's always a way. It's just the perception of, well, I'm already so overwhelmed. I can't do this. Well, you're not even, I call it being an action taking problem solving woman. How can Mm -hmm. you shift into that mentality? And instead of woe is me think like, okay, I'm in charge. I have accepted every single thing on my plate. How can I unaccept a few so that I can make time for what actually is going to move the needle forward for me and living the life I really want to live. That is so good. That is so good. And I love your videos on Instagram because you give a lot of pep talks along those lines. I was just watching one where you're talking about boundaries and how important it is to say no. And so I think Mm -hmm. that's huge. And I think because my kids are older, there is a lot of that. Like really do I need to do your laundry? You're 17. (laughs) Like, I think this is one thing because my kids are great. They do chores. They do a lot, but I'm like, I think there's still more that they could do. Okay. Speaking of which, before we get to wrap up here, because um, there is so much in this book, I want to talk about everything from toys to clothes, but I'm going to just send people over to get your book. But talk to me about kids a little bit and how, as they grow up, because really so much of parenting is modeling so much. I am such a believer that our kids are going to do what we do more than what we say. They're watching everything. They're taking it in even when we don't think they are. So I think a lot of living this way is just going to help shape our kids' future just because that's going to be normal to them, how you live. But is there also Mm -hmm. ways that we can train our kids to kind of come up with some new patterns of living as well? 
Yeah, that's a great question. This is so layered. Like it's so there's even like psychologically, there's so much that I have learned that I have to say on this. It's so big. There's like, I had to make a whole other course about it because it wouldn't go in the one about the house because it would be sure. too overwhelming. My student success rate like plummeted because oh. it was like way too much content. So I was like, okay, <laughs> we'll make this its own thing. Um, but there's like, there's so much, but the main thing, I think the base of all of it and that we can add off of from there is bringing simplicity into your family culture. There is so much right now that you have decided is your, a part of your family culture without even saying it. For example, the way that you eat, I don't know what that is, but however you eat, that's a part of your family culture just because you guys do it all the time. And the way, like I was, so I was watching a show that I love called the middle and Mm -hmm. on that show, their, their eating is takeout every meal. The mom brings home dinner and that's what they do. And for us, like we cook almost every single meal. Takeout is a treat. So neither is wrong or right or better or worse. It's just different family cultures. Part of your identity. Yes, exactly. So you guys already have a family culture around Mm -hmm. things. You just Mm. haven't discussed it. Hmm. So it, wow. you just need to shift that. You already have given your kids messages about things and consumerism and materialism and clothes and toys and how much is normal, how much is too much. You've given them messages around holidays and birthdays. Like you've already done this without saying a word. You can do the same thing in reverse without even preaching or nagging or anything. Wow. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah. What a, what a shift. I love that. Yeah. That's, I'm going to camp out there for a little bit and see what I can do. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay. One more question because somebody out there is asking, how do do we begin to make these changes? Um, And and again, there's there's so much practical stuff in your book um, that we don't even have space for here today. But if you're ready to start moving in the right direction and your spouse um, is not on board, do you have any suggestions? Yeah, I empathize. When I first Mm. figured this out, like I was so set free and so excited because I started to feel so much better. Mm. And then my husband, he's so sweet. Like he's a, I don't know if you're an Enneagram person, but I'm an eight and he's a two. So I'm like usually the one that's like, we're doing this and we're going. And he's just like, okay. Okay, whatever I can do to help. Yeah, totally. But with this, he like really a lot came up in him and he was really struggling. His childhood had led him to like some like low key hoarding. Like he just was really struggling. And so we ended up just deciding like, okay, he could take the garage and the master bedroom closet and you can have it as messy as you want. I won't touch your stuff. I won't bother it. If I find anything in the general living spaces, I'll put them in one of those spots for you. Like I promise I won't declutter anything. I respect you. You respect me and my needs and like what my truth is and what I'm figuring out right now. And that's, we lived that way for two years before he eventually came around because he cost us like 2000 extra dollars and a bunch of extra days at our house from all his stuff and a move. Yeah. 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 And he just was really like, wow, like, over I think it. I'm over this. Uh-huh. I, I, yeah, I'm really I was sorry. Gonna say, did did his area is... get like stacked to the ceiling or was he totally? Like, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. And I just was like, no, like I, I understand that you're not on the same page as me. I think, right. I mean, that's like a marriage podcast, but I, totally. I honestly think that's a big key to our relationship working so well is like, we don't expect the other person to jump on board everything in two seconds. Like my 
emergency is not your emergency. So like letting him breathe and letting him come around, I didn't even, if he never did, it would have been fine. It just is great that he did. So focus on yourself. Don't try to force the other person and also speak what you need to speak. Set your boundaries. If you're taking care of the house, then it matters how you feel there. Like you need to be assertive, but also like don't force other people to do what you want to do. Totally. Oh, that's so good. I I'm married to like the, the mad scientist brain, you know, my husband's a doctor and he, he, his stuff is crazy everywhere. But if you asked him to find a document from like, you know, 2014, you know, January, he'll find it. Whereas I'm yeah, like, that was my husband too. And I'm constantly like creating file folders, sorting things. And then you ask me to find something and I hit it so well, filed it so well, I can never find it. So I give him a ton of credit, but at the same time, I just get so tired. You know, my mom used to nickname him piles because he just stacks things and that seems to work for him, but I'm like it doesn't work for me. So that is such yeah. a good perspective and it, and it's loving and it's respectful. So yeah. Oh, that's so good. Okay. I personally could just ask you a hundred more questions. Um, but I'm, I'm really thankful because once my kids go back to college and I get a minute, I'm going to walk through this book page by page. I've already got it highlighted and underlined. So glad you wrote Declutter Like a Mother and so fun following you online. Before we wrap up, can you tell people some of the things you have to offer, where they can find you and uh, anything else that would help them get connected? Yeah, I I think the book is such a great place to start because it is step one. Like in the method that I've developed, we go into like your schedule, rhythms, how your day is going, your mental health, your even like your spirituality and the inner you. Like there's so much, but the environment is step one. And that's what the book is. And it's so expansive. There's so much in there that will have you feeling and thinking and reevaluating. And then we get super practical and like, what to actually do, you know, from there. So that's a great place to start. And everything that I do is to support you guys. So if you need a course, if you need a coach, if you need to work on your new business and make time for raising your business, your business and your family at the same time, if you need to declutter, if you need help with like the life clutter, not the home clutter, like alicasasa.com, check out all the resources, all the programs, like they are so well-developed and have been refined over the last six years they are literally there waiting to support you. You just have to invest in yourself. Hmm. So good. So good. And on Instagram, you're easy to find. Yeah. Just search Ali Casaza and it's the one with the check mark. That's right. And, and everything you do, you add so much humor and just so it's so good. I was, just cracking up reading the introduction to your book alone. So Ali, thank (laughs) you so much. Thanks for taking time to be with us. Congratulations on the new book. I love it. Everyone's going to love it. And just uh, hope to talk to you again down the road. Thank you so much. You bet. Aloha. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation and I hope you are inspired to make some changes that will simplify your family life this in this season and bring you more peace of mind. Um, I know I'm super inspired. I can't wait to just keep plugging away at all of this. Now, there will be links to anything we talked about over in show notes at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 122. And don't be a stranger when you uh, are over there 
you can always leave a comment, say hi, tell me uh, what's on your mind. I just love getting to know you guys. So um, also, if you ever want to suggest a topic or if there's someone out there you'd like me to interview for future episodes, you can email me at aloha at monicaswanson.com. I love hearing from you and I'll keep doing some Q&A episodes, uh, answering your questions and bringing my boys in if you have questions for them. So you can always send me those questions. All right, my friends, thanks for being here. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. Aloha.